Okay, uh, welcome everyone. Good evening. Uh, tonight we're going to speak about the Haggadah. Thank you everybody for joining. But I just want you to know the main Haggadah show will be next week. So if you came this week, you for sure have to come next week. And also I want to take the opportunity to invite everyone to uh, Shabbos Haggadah Drasha, which is 60 minutes before Mincha. So if you live in Brooklyn, you're Potter. But if you live, let's say, 50 minutes away, I don't know, I might make you come, you know. <laughs> Queens? Yeah. Well, now that you're asking, I would say, I would say, yeah. Chayev. Chayev is very strong. You know, so I want to invite everybody to Shabbos Hagolo Drasha, 60 minutes before Mincha. The Shurim on Sefer Vayikra, and tonight's show as well, sponsored by uh, Dr. Zakheim, Umishpachta, Ilanishmas, Roshom Eliezer, Ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Ilanishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bastovia Halevi. For their whole family. Tonight's shir is sponsored by a very dear friend of mine, Rabbi Eli Sizma, who's been coming to Shurim Be'erach 10 years when they started in Queens and then in all the various Masois and Mekoimois. Um, and Fulia Nishmas, Eli's father, whose yard side is uh, this Shabbos, second yard side, second yard side. Shabbos, Ches, Nisan, Rav Shevach, Shabsi, Ben Rav Yaakov, Aryeh, Hashem Shavon Aliyah, Began Eden, Temenu Chasai, Shabi Yemei Otsiyosha for his whole family, for Simchas Nachas, Besuras Toivos, Adbiyas Gal Tzedek. Tonight she is also sponsored anonymously as a Zuchus for the family of Rav Yehuda, Leib Ben Shmuel Chaim, Hashem Shemim Varch, Lam with Baruch Avatzlacha. Okay, so tonight we're going to deal with a very interesting question. It sounds like a good question, and it would seem to be a very good question. The question is raised most clearly by Rav Meir Dun Palatsky, the Kli Chemda, Talmud of the Avnei Nezah. If you were to ask who is the main character of the uh, Pesach story, you'd see us Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu. So you'd expect him, Moshe, to appear all over the Haggadah, you know? Moshe brought the dam, and he brought the tzvardeya, and the kinim, and he said to Paro, let my people go, and Paro said, not a chance, and Moshe said, we're going to send frogs into your ovens, and Moshe said, we're going to send wild animals into your house. We'd expect Moshe to have a big part in the Haggadah. I mean, I could find a good couple dozen places where Moshe Rabbeinu's name should appear, and lo and behold... We have Lavan in the Haggadah. Lavan's like a main character in the Haggadah. Even Terach is in the Haggadah. I mean, the whole year, we don't see Terach one time. You could flip through your Siddur. It's a thousand pages. Terach does not appear. I don't care. Ashkenazi, Sephardi, Hasidish. Terach is not in there. You don't say, Eleke Avram, Eleke Yid, Eleke Terach. He's not in there in the with the good guys. He's not in there with the bad guys. All of a sudden, the night of the Seder, we find all these characters. Lavan, Terach, um... I don't know. Even Yehoshua ben Nun makes an appearance. Tanoim, Amaram, Hillel. Hillel's in there. Reb Lezim and Azar, Yor and Gamliel, Reb Tarfain. They're all in there. Moshe Rabbeinu! He ain't there. Haloi Dabrahu. The main character of the whole story is not there. Imagine if in Megillah Sester. Oh, she's not in the Megillah. Mordechai's not in the Megillah. What happened to Moshe Rabbeinu? This is the kasha of the Kli Chemda, Reb Meir Dan Palatsky. He says... Now this is very interesting. Who wrote the Haggadah? Now this is not the first time I ever gave a share on the Haggadah. 
And I thought I found this big mitzia that there's like, in, in one of the sermon we talk about uh, the author of the Haggadah, Bez Hashem, next week. We're going to speak about the authorship of Haggadah Shabbat Anybody know who wrote it? At least six different perushim. And as of a week ago, I only knew one. Okay? But anyway, Moshe Rabbein, who ain't in the Haggadah. Why not? In other words, let's say a guy landed from outer space and he wanted to know what happened, what are you, do, what are you guys doing on Pesach? So we give him the Haggadah. He wouldn't know that there's someone called Moshe Rabbeinu. Man, what's going on over here? Now the truth is, it's not such a great question because Moshe is in the Haggadah. I always knew this Kasha, so I thought, oh, it's a great Kasha. He is in the Haggadah. That's the, the question is, why isn't Moshe in the Haggadah? The answer is, this, you didn't expect this answer. The answer is, he is. He is in the house. And now we could all go home, have a great night, get some extra sleep before Pesach. Anybody know where in the Haggadah he is? What? Rabbi Yossi Haglili, number 24. Now this is the most misinterpreted pasuk in the whole Torah, because most people think it means, and they believed in God, and they believed in Moshe. They believed in Moshe. Moshe is a. What do you mean? They believed in him. Moshe is not a god. So what does it mean? Vayaminu b'ashem uve avdai. But that's where Moshe Rabbeinu appears in the Haggadah. So let us begin with the comments of the Vilna In the Hagra's commentary to the Haggadah, actually this is the commentary found in the Siddur Hagra on the uh, Pisgah, on the chapter that says, Vayetzienu Hashem Mimsayim, God took us out of Egypt. Loyal yidei malach. Loyal yidei what does it mean God took us out with His honor and with Himself? What does that mean? You know, somebody comes, Oh, you came. What does that mean? Says the commentary of the Goyim that the revelation that Hashem revealed Himself in Mitzrayim was through Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Why Moshe? Because Moshe didn't take any covet for himself. Moshe lowered himself. Moshe Rabbeinu was so self-effacing that everything that he did, he was. It ain't me. It ain't me. It's Rebbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was transparent. That's why when Hashem called Moshe, it's Moshe, Moshe. Rav Chaim Vlazhner writes without a psik. By Avraham, God called him Avraham psik Avraham. By Avraham, Avraham was very humble. Nobody was ever as humble as Avraham, but still Avraham was an entity. Avraham was a. He existed. So therefore, there was some separation between the physical Avraham. And the Avraham Anahai. Moshe Rabbeinu was such a non-entity that he was transparent. He was clear. There was no hefsik whatsoever. When Moshe Rabbeinu performed anything, it was apparent through the efforts of Moshe that this is the work of Hashem. 
And what is Moshe? Moshe said, I just work. I'm just an Eved. I'm an Eved. Moshe said, oh, wow, Moshe, nice maka. No, it's not me. I'm an Eved. I'm just, I'm just working. I just work here. I'm just doing the job of Hashem. This is what it means that God did everything There was no lack of kavod on Hashem's part. There was no lack of atzmoy on Hashem's part. Because Moshe Rabbeinu attributed everything to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, directed everything to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore in the entire discussion of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Moshe's name is not mentioned. Why? Because we don't, Moshe Rabbeinu did not want anyone to share in the glory of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and Moshe Rabbeinu did not want any of the praise, as we know, Therefore, are you ready for the meaning of the pasuk? Vayaminu Bashem, they believed in God, and they acknowledged Moshe was just a servant like everybody else. That Moshe Rabbeinu was one of them. In other words, there was no hierarchy. There's God, there's Moshe, and there's the people. That Moshe Rabbeinu made it, that Vayaminu only Bashem, and that Moshe was an Evan, and therefore Oz, Yashir, Moshe, Uvenei Yisrael, they all sang together equally. They're all exactly equal. Moshe Rabbeinu made it that he's exactly equal to the people. And this is what it means. God performed the events of the Tzitzitzayim. All the kavod, all the gvura, all the credit, all the attention belonged solely to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore in the context of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, Moshe's Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned because that's what Moshe Rabbeinu attempted to accomplish. That everyone should be focused solely on the kavod and the activities of HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any other source of attention. Now, we're going to talk tonight about this Midah. The Midah of Moshe Rabbeinu that made him eligible to be the Goyal of Kalisa. What brings Gu'ul Aylam? The Gemara says in Megillah, and it's Mishnah Avais, Mishnah Vav, Parak Vav, Mishnah Vav, Davar B'Shem Amrai, maybe Gu'ul Aylam. I have a good joke on this, but I have to use it for the Shabbat Kagalim's Mishnah. But, Kala'aymer Davar B'Shem Amrai, Maybe Gula La'ilam. Why? Why? Why if you quote somebody? In other words, I could say over here, oh, you want to hear a good chiddush? Now, I heard it from some big rav somewhere. It was his chiddush. But I'm not going to tell you that. So I'm going to say it over and I'm going to say it over. And uh, make believe it's mine. No, that's, that's a bad midah. Chazal criticized that. You need to attribute your sources. Why? If you do, you're going to bring the Gaul al-Aylam. Ask the Mara. We know everything Hashem does is quid pro quo. Mida keneged mida. So why is it that if you... Imagine, would you have thought, you know, of all the good things out there that bring Gaul al-Aylam, it could have said, ah, somebody who has avas chinam, maybe Gaul al-Aylam. No. If you quote your sources, it's maybe Gaul al-Aylam. Why? What's so special about that? Furthermore, we know... What's the source that maybe Gula Elam from Esther? Esther told Achashverosh, "Hey Achashverosh, I like you. You're my husband. I don't want you to die, but it's not me. I'm not the one who discovered the plot. It's him, Mordechai." Ah, oh, and we know through that sequence of events, redemption occurred. Says Marel, who says that was the reason? 
Maybe it's because Mordechai said Tikkun Chatzos every night. Maybe it's because Mordechai, uh, I don't know, he he uh, did Chesed every day. Maybe it's because Mordechai reviewed Mishnayis, three Mishnayis a day. Uh, how do you know what, what was the reason that broke Ulaylam? Yes, Esther said it in the name of Mordechai. And uh, ultimately that was written in the Sefer HaZachroinois, and Mordechai was rewarded. But who says that was the Zchus that brought Geula Ulaylam? Comes the Maral, and Maral says, the main objective of God bringing Geula Ulaylam is that people should recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Redeemer. Right? Because uh, let's say in Mitzrayim, it keeps on saying, Laman Teda Ki Ani Hashem, Laman Teda Ki Ani Hashem. The whole purpose of Geula is Hashem is trying to demonstrate and manifest His power. So if you don't recognize His power, then the whole point, the Geula is, is pointless. So if the point of Geula is that people should recognize this HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the most important Midah required to be instrumental in bringing Geula to Kal Yisrael is the Midah of attribution. Meaning, if you're going to help and save, to save the Jewish people, and people are going to say, Oh, Esther, great job! We really, we really appreciate what you did. And Esther said, yeah, you know, I've been practicing my whole life to redeem the Jewish people. You don't know how long I've been studying and how much hard work I put into it. I, I, I really appreciate that you appreciate me. Then nobody's going to recognize what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. So the most important midah that is necessary to be worthy, to be the instrument with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings Geula, is that if anybody says to you, good job, you say, Biladai, it ain't me. I'm not doing anything. It's the Riban Islam. I didn't do anything. I'm just the Shliach. So how do we know how can we determine what's the barometer? Is somebody eligible to bring redemption to the Jewish people? The Midah is if you quote your sources. If when you say something over, you say, it's not me, it's them. So you're basically, you're not looking to take credit for something that doesn't belong to you. So then if God brings redemption, you're not going to say, oh yeah, look what I did. You're going to say, so the fact that Esther, when Achshver said, thank you very much, she said, it's not me, it's him. So she said, ah, oh, that's the kind of person I'm looking for. Because if I bring Geula through her, she's not going to say it's me. She's going to attribute it to the Rebbe Says Maral, this answer is a very important question. There are many people who say the Torah and they quote sources and they don't bring any redemption to nobody. So I, the Gemara says, it says, Maral, it's not that by saying where you got something from, you will bring Geula. No guarantees. It's that if you do, if you have this Midah, then when the Rebbe chooses to bring redemption, you will be a worthy candidate to, to be that instrument. But not that in the merit of doing that, you will bring redemption to the world. So this is the Midah that we see by Esther. And in that Zuchur, she was to be the instrument to save Kal Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in the Haggadah because Moshe Rabbeinu attributed everything to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's likely the reason why when the Rosh Hashanah chose to redeem us, he utilized Moshe Rabbeinu. Kala Who says that? Kala Good question. I don't know. So let's examine this Midah a little bit. Moshe Rabbeinu ran away to Midian. And he comes to the well, and uh, there are seven daughters of 
Yisrael are being attacked at the well. And Moshe Rabbeinu saves them, and uh, they come home to their dad. And uh, dad, Ru'el, says, How'd you get back here so quickly? You always have problems at the well. And she said, Now, nah, today something happened. Ish Mitzri Hitzilani, an Egyptian saved us. So the Medrash asked, Moshe was an Egyptian, he was Jewish. That's insulting if you call a Jew, you know, North Korean, let's say. It's insulting. So why is she calling Moshe Egyptian? Says the Medrash, There was a guy, he got bit by a snake, a scorpion. Ah, his foot was swelling. He was in such pain. So he goes running into the river to bathe his foot. And lo and behold, there's a kid drowning. And he saves the kid. The kid says, thank you. He says, not me. Thank the scorpion. Thank the scorpion. I didn't save you. The scorpion saved you. So too, Moshe killed the Mitzri. Das and Raviram saw. They got into a fight. Moshe gives them Musar. They said, who do you think you are? Are you going to kill us also? They went to tattle on Moshe. Moshe ran away. So who saved them? Moshe ran away. He sees the doors of, of Ruel being molested. So Moshe saved them. So she says to him, thank you. He says, not me. It's the Egyptian I killed. I have a question. Answer Matasil Solomon Zolgazansai. Does that even make sense? Did Moshe mean, yeah, thank the Egyptian that I murdered and buried in the sand? What did the Egyptian do? The Egyptian didn't do anything. He was just it was very nice of him to what what should she do? She should go to his grave and, and say of a, a, a vigil, Thank you, soul of the Egyptian, for being murdered through Moses, because because of you now I was saved. I mean, what, what does that mean? Should somebody who was bitten, somebody who was saved, go thank the snake who bit the lifeguard's foot? What, what exactly does this medrash mean? It says, Ramatisil Solomon, the meaning of this medrash is very simple. Moshe Rabbeinu could not understand why did God make it that he should have to kill an Egyptian and that somebody should see and he should, he should have to give them Musar and they would say, oh, they would call them out. They would call, they would tattle on Moshe, and then Moshe ran away to Midian. He doesn't want to be in Midian. Moshe said to himself, I could not understand why that happened. But now I see God put me in this situation to be able to help somebody. So is it because of me that I'm in Midian? Moshe said, no. The Rebbeinu Shalom used me as his vehicle and instrument. He took me from this point A, he brought me to Midian, so that I could help some. So I, so I really didn't do anything. I'm just a pawn in the hand of Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu always attributed anything he did, that he's merely the conduit and the instrument and the vehicle in the hands of Hashem. Which means Moshe Rabbeinu had the ultimate level of the Midah of Kol Omer Davar B'Shem Amroi Mevi Geulal Aylam. Moshe didn't attribute anything to himself, even though Moshe Rabbeinu risked his life to save uh, these Midianite girls. Moshe Rabbeinu put his life in jeopardy, put his life in peril. But Moshe Rabbeinu recognized, why would God put him in that situation? I don't know. Moshe said, I'm just a pawn in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore Moshe had the Midah of Kol HaOmer Dabar B'Shem Amrai in the greatest possible fashion. And therefore he was Zoycha to be the vehicle which brought Ulala Ilam. You know, it's very interesting. 
Remember the angels, Yaakov Avinu has a dream. And what does he see in the dream? No? Ladders. A ladder. A sulam. And there are angels going up the ladder. Why are the angels going up the ladder? Why are angels climbing a ladder? I mean, you ever go to a department store? You ever you see angels going up ladders? You see them going down? Why were the angels going up the ladder? Who are these angels? So the the Tysus brings these angels. And what, uh, next question. They're going up the ladder. How'd they get down in the first place? Why are they starting up up? First you go, the angels go down, and then they go up. You ever bothered by that question? Azriel, where do angels live? Down here in this world or in the heavens? Depends which one. No, it doesn't. Well, you have angels living in your house? I, I mean, uh, you don't know? Angels. What? The Avos and Esau had angels. Maybe they yeah, but where do they start? They, they start... Uh, heaven. Thank you. So they, the angels need to go down the ladder. They go down the ladder. Why are these angels going up? Says the Toysus. These angels were angels that already came down 138 years earlier. These were the angels that were sent to destroy Sodom. But the problem is, they blew it. They said, Ki anachnu, We're going to destroy Sodom! God said, We're going to destroy Sodom? We're going to destroy Sodom? You're doing my job. How, how dare you say, We're going to destroy Sodom? That's it. Get at it. Get lost. You don't come back to heaven. And they were banished for 138 years until the time of Yaakov Avinu. And then in time of Yaakovinu, they weren't able to get up again. Why 138 years? What do they have to do with Yaakov Avinu? That's beyond the scope of tonight's year. But they took credit for themselves. Now, Rashi says later, by the way, Rashi says, even though they said, later on they said to Lloyd, get out of here, run away! We can't do anything until you go there. Rashi says that was their punishment. They had to be moida against their will. They have no power. Okay? That's the story. Wasn't the malach that visited Abraham Avinu the one that went supposed to go to destroy Sodom? But the two of them. They they were partners in crime because the angel that was going to rescue Lloyd also went to Sodom. Okay. Says the altar of Kelm, he says, he bechalal cannot make heads or tails on these words of Chazal. The angels took credit for themselves? What did they say? Look at number 10. We're going to destroy. Oh, they took credit for themselves. You want to try reading the next words? God sent us to destroy it. They didn't take credit. They said, we're hired. God sent us. Yeah, they said, we, we, we're going to destroy. But they explained, God sent us. God sent us. So how do they take credit? It's one thing if they would have said, like after the fact, you know, let's say they would have said, we're going to destroy Saddam, and then in the credits afterwards, they write in fine print, by the way, really, it's not us, it's God. In this three words later, they said, God sent us. This is the Kasha, the altar of Kelm. And the altar of Kelm, Rav Simcha Zizel he says he's matmiya on these words of Chazam. And then something happened to him. He was reading the Sefer HaChinuch of the Ra'ah. And the Sefer HaChinuch begins by saying that 
Yeah, if you, if you ever read the Sefer HaChinuch, he starts off saying, most of what I say comes from the Rishayinim. Most of what I say already is written in the Rishayinim. Meaning, it's not my stuff. I got it from here, from the Rambam, from other Rishayinim. Says the, uh, uh, the author of Kelm, why did the Sefer HaChinuch need to immediately, he, he, he opened the, he start the Sefer, everything I got is from the words of the Rishayinim. I mean, you could say, maybe at the end of the intro, in the middle of the intro, in the beginning of the first thing the Sefer HaChinuch says is everything in this book I already got from the Rishayinim. Says the altar of Kelm, I was nispoil from the tzidkus of the Sefer HaChinuch because he didn't want anyone to hear, let's say something like this, you say over Rabbi Kivager's Kashan Toisvis, right? They say, oh, you want to hear a good answer? You say, well, and you give a whole answer. And after like five minutes, and people go, oh, wow. So Rebbe Chanon says, so like you sort of let the cat out of the bag, halfway through, it's Rebbe Chanon. So for a few minutes, people thought this was your brilliant answer. Now you're going to say it's not yours, you're going to say it's somebody else's. But what, if you don't say it right away, so then for a few moments, you give the impression that, you know, you came up with this great Einfall, with this great, uh, brilliant stroke of genius. So the Sefer HaChinuch did not want to give an impression, even for a millisecond, that these are his own original novel ideas. So he said immediately, before he says, he says, by the way, everything in this book came from earlier authorities. Oh, and says the altar of Kelm, and now I understand why the Malachim were punished. Because yes, they said, God sent us. But they said it three words later. But when they started, they said, we're going to destroy. So for a split second, they made it sound like they have power. And even though they corrected it immediately, but for their holy level, they took away, they dimmed the glimmer of power that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have been recognized if they would have said, Hashem is destroying. And because they dampened the appreciation of the power of Hashem for a millisecond, they were punished. So where did the Sefer HaChinuch learn that when you're saying something over, you should attribute it immediately and not even let a person have the impression that it's your own? Sefer HaChinuch learned it from the Chazal that criticized the Malachim. Says Ramatisil Solomon, please read inside the words of the altar of Kelm, the depth and the simplicity, how he was moved and astonished and, and, and aroused from how the Sefer HaChinuch immediately lets on that everything he got came from the earlier Rishayinim. Now, you ever hear of Moshe Rabbeinu? Did Moshe Rabbeinu ever go to Eretz Yisrael? No. Why not? The rock story. The rock. So, some say he hit the rock. The rush says no, there's nothing wrong. He tried to speak to the rock, it didn't go. So he hit the rock. Nothing wrong with hitting the rock. So what did he do wrong? Remember in Parshas Behaloischa, it says, Behaish Moshe Anov Ma'oid. How do you spell the word Anov? Ayin Nun Yud Vav. No, not in the Chumash. It's spelled Ayin Nun Vav. Where did the Yud go? So the rush in Parshas Chukas and Parshas Behaloischa, the rush says like this. You know why Moshe was punished and he didn't go into Eretz Yisrael? Because he said, Hamin Hasel Ahazeh, Noitzi Lachem Oyim. 
You think we could get, you think from this rock, we will get water out for you. We will get water. Noitzi, we will get water. What did he mean, we? Me, Aaron, and God. Now, did, did he mean him? No, he means our team. Team God, you know. We. I'll tell God what you need, and I'll be right back, and he'll give it to you. He didn't mean, he didn't mean him. He meant God, but he said we. What should he have said? Yoitzi, he. Now, when that miracle happened, did anybody think that Moshe did it? Everybody knew God did it. But, as Ramatasiyah Salman explains, the brilliant appreciation, the light of recognition of Hashem's power was dimmed ever so slightly. When Moshe said, Noitzi, we will do it, he should have said, Yoitzi. So he left out a Yud. Oh, you left out a Yud? You're an Onav without a Yud. You lost the Yud. That's what the Rosh says. Two different Rosh. One in Chuk That the reason why Moshe spelled on Now, was there ever anyone in history who had the Midah of attribution greater than Moshe? No. There was never anyone in history who excelled in being a non-entity vis-a-vis relative to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe. That's why he took us out of Egypt. <laughs> Avram couldn't have taken us out of Egypt. Nobody else could have because nobody else was so self-effacing that Moshe said, you know, I wonder if when Moshe said, wipe me out of the book. <laughs> nobody says, wipe me, take me out of the Haggadah. <laughs> but Moshe is not even the Haggadah because he wanted to attribute everything to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Somebody said, thank you. No, don't thank me. Thank the person I murdered. Meaning, it's not, I, I'm just, you know, I just work here. But even Moshe Rabbeinu, Lefi Madre Gosa, Harama, he slipped off ever so slightly in this Indian itself. And he w- wasn't Zoycha to go into Eretz Yisrael. So at this step of the shift, I would ask, why is Moshe not in the Haggadah? So at... Uh, it's because it's not a genai for Moshe. It's his greatest shvach. Because Moshe Rabbeinu directed all attention and all acknowledgement and all recognition to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Here's another angle in the very similar, almost identical, but I think there's another, a nuance of difference. Chanukah and Purim. Azriel, do you like Chanukah and Purim? No. Really? Not, Why? not my style. Really? Okay, we'll have to discuss it after the share. <laughs> but most people like it, Israel. Okay. On Hanukkah we say Alanisim. There's a very unusual word in Alanisim. You know, the entire Shemana Esrei and all the tefillah is written in Lashna Kodesh. There's one word in Alanisim that mysteriously is in Aramaic. Alanisim Vial HaPorkan. Porkan is Aramaic. What in the world is an Aramaic word doing in Shemona This is the question of Rav Salavechik. So they should have said, I don't know, Allah, what, what does Porkan mean? Geula, Yeshua. What's an Aramaic word doing in Shemona Esrei? Achik lived in, in the whole Israel. You ever hear of Israel, Israel? No. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, it's in the Middle East. They speak... They speak Lashon Kaidish over there. Speak Aramaic. They don't. Nah. When the Tefillahs were written, they spoke Lashon Kaidish. What in the world is Porkan doing in Shemana Esrei? Says Rav Salvechik, Porkan is a very important word. 
How would you translate it in Lashon HaKodesh? Geula. Pidyon. We can't use that word. Can't say that word. Because we know Chanukah came about through Chashmonon. Purim came about through Mordechai and Esther. And we have a principle that Geula is only associated with God Almighty, only with the Rebun Shalom. There cannot be any human connection to Geula. We say, if you dive in Ashkenaz, you sing, Mibaladecha, Eilonu Melech, Goyel, Umayshiyah. And if you say Sfard, Elo'ata. There's only one Redeemer. When it comes to redemption, when it comes to other things, Nisim, Gevurais, Teshuais, Mechamais, anyone could do that. Geula, Ufeduye Hashem. The matter says, Veloi Melech HaMashiach, Veloi Peduye Eliyahu, Umi Baladecha, Eimlanu Melech, Goyel Elata. God's the only Goyel. So you're going to thank Hashem, Ala Nisim, Yala Geula? You're not going to be able to say, We may have the same when you're going to be able to say, We may have Esther. You want to say, We may have Esther? You can't say Geula. Geula and people don't go together. When it comes to Geula, Geula belongs solely to God. The entire mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiz and Sam, there's no mitzvah to say the story. You're saying over the events of Geula. What's the bracha we make? You know, there's a big kasha. We're going to talk about it on Shabbos. The, the main mitzvah of the night of the Seder is what? Sipur Yitzhiz and Sam. Why don't we make a bracha? Most Rishonim say we do. The bracha is Asher Ge'alanu. So we're talking about Geula. So you want to know why Moshe's name is not in the Haggadah? He can't be in the Haggadah. That's the principle of salvation. Ain lanu melech goyel elot. The same way when we talk about Mordechai, we talk about the. This is different than Ramat Sil Salma. I think it's a little bit, uh, a little nuance of difference. The same way when we say bimechash monoim, you can't say geula. So in the Haggadah, when you say geula, you can't say Moshe. Oh, but you'll ask, but we do say Moshe. But we're, what Pasuk do we use? That's why we dafka pick. Yeah, we don't want to leave Moshe Rabbeinu out altogether. That's what I would say. We're not going to leave him out altogether. You know the one Pasuk we say? Vayaminu Bashem. And what's Moshe? Moshe's Avdoi. That's the one Pasuk you could say. That, that is definitely a Pasuk in the Chumash. But what does that have to do with Haggadah? Okay. I thought so. Okay. <laughs> but on Shvisha Pesach Azriel, we're going to say that. We're going to lane that. I bet you lane Az What? I'll lane it. You're going to lane it? Okay, very good. So, we're talking tonight about the Midah of Kala Oimar Davar B'Shem Amrai Mevi Gu'lul Ailam. Mesil Sisharim brings in his uh, explanation of the Midah of Anivos that there were many great people in history, because they took credit for themselves, they lost um, They lost good things. Nehemia, by the way, the Gemara asks, majority of Sefer Ezra Nehemia was, was uh, written by Nehemia, but we don't call it Nehemia, we call it Ezra. Why don't we call it Nehemia? Says the Gemara, because Nehemia took credit for himself, he lost the name of the Sefer. Now, Chida asks, this is just a side point, but nowadays we do call it Ezra Nehemia. So why did Ezra get it? Why did Nehemia get it back? So the Chidah says, "I'll pick Kabbalah." Are you ready for this? Ezra was Nisgalgel as Rebbe Lezben Azariah. Nehemia was Nisgalgel as Rabban Gamliel. 
Nehemia took credit for himself. Ram Gamliel was very tough. And that's why Ram Gamliel was demoted. The same way Nehemia was demoted. But then Ram Gamliel asked Rabbi Elizabeth Azar for forgiveness. And Ram Gamliel was reinstated. And once Ram Gamliel got his kapara, so then Nehemia got a kapara. So later on in history, even though the Gemara says we call it Sefer Ezra, later on in history, because of the Soit HaGilgal, Nehemia made a comeback. And we have an interesting chiddush on that. Because if you look and say for Nehemia, how many times did Nehemia say, give me credit, Zachar Aliyah Hashem Latoiva? Three times. How many times in Shas did Gamliel was he overbearing over Rabbi Yeshua? Three times. And there are other similarities as well. One of them is Ram Gamliel dealt with the issue of Amoini Umayavi. And if you look and say for Ezra Nehemia, so did Nehemia. Okay. But we, we're left with one question over here. And that is, so Moshe Rabbeinu is self-effacing. He says, it's all the Lord, it's all the Rebunnishon, it's not me. By the way, it's amazing. Parai calls Yosef. And he says, ah, oh, Yosef, I hear you know how to interpret a dream. What's the first thing Yosef says? Biladai. He didn't interpret the dream and then Parai said, wow, how do you do that? Ah, oh, Biladai. No. That would be violating the principle we learned from the Sefer HaChinuch who learned from the Malachim, that you can't even give the impression for a moment that it's yours. Uh, you know, oh, you want to hear a great answer? You say, yeah. Who says that? Oh, I saw in the Chsam Cipher. <laughs> say, what's wrong? I quoted my, yeah, but, you know, the person for a second thought you could actually think of something on your own. You need to say immediately, actually, I can't think of anything on my own. But here's the million dollar question. So my Shabbat he gives all the credit to Rebbe Nishalaylam. So let's look how the Torah ends. Oh, all the signs, wonders, miracles, strong end, and the Moira Gadol that Moshe did. Wow, talk about Kala Imer Dov Rabbi The grand finale of the Torah is everything in this book. You know who did it? Moshe did it. So that contradicts everything we learned tonight and says Rabbi Mansur Salman. That's because we have no idea how to read a simple pasuk in Chumash. What does the word Asa mean? Asa doesn't mean here. Avram Avinu went to get the cow. Viel ben Abakar Asher Asa. The cow, Avram made the cow. He went to the cow factory, and he made a cow. Or Avraham Vies Hanefesh Asher Asu Bechar. And Avram made the people. He made them. Avram had a had a conveyor belt, and he was making people. The word Asa in Hebrew does not mean to make. What does it mean? It means lehachim. It means to prepare. This Ben Abakar, the Ramban says, Asher Asa, that Avraham prepared. That's Hanefesh Asher Asu, the people that Avraham prepared them. La Soy Shabbos. You make Shabbos? You created Shabbos? You're, you're the Almighty? You made Shabbos? You prepared for Shabbos. The word Asiyah in Lashon HaKodesh means Hachana. Says Ramban, so the Torah ends exactly with this point. You want to know who Moshe is? Tell you who Moshe is. All the signs, all the wonders that God sent in Egypt, the mighty hand, 
Moshe prepared Klal Yisrael to appreciate it. That's who Moshe was. Asher Asa Moshe Le'ene Yisrael. Says Ramban, Heichin Av Oisam. He prepared them. And therefore, Ramatisol Solomon says that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in the Haggadah, we're not being an ingrate to Moshe, it's not that he's not the main character. No, that's precisely why he's the main character. Because he attributed everything to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He didn't take any credit for himself. He was the ultimate, maybe, Oymar Davar B'Shem Amrai. He was the ultimate vehicle to bring about Geula, just like Esther brought about Geula because she was Oymar Davar B'Shem Amrai. Moshe Rabbeinu had this Midah. Now we understand, by the way, so Moshe Rabbeinu, he's in, uh, he kills a Mitzri, and then Torah says, okay, time out, let's take a commercial for like 60 years. Now I'm going to tell you a story here. The Jews are wallowing, languishing in Egypt. We're waiting for them to get out. But Moshe goes to Midian. He's spazering around the well. He meets some Midianite ladies. They're being attacked. Moshe saves them. He schmoozes with his father-in-law, the priest. Ah, ah back to the story. What, what do we need this commercial for? Why is there a commercial in Parashat Shemayla? We have like this side story. The Jews are being, uh, we start off, they're being beat, they're being uh, massacred, they're being destroyed, they're crying out, they're saying, okay, time out, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to go hang out by a well in Midian. Okay, now, he, now he's back. <laughs> no, the Jews are wallowing, they're languishing. Who's going to do the job? Who's going to take them out? We can't get anybody. We need someone to prove themselves that, that they should be a worthy vehicle to Mingula. So how, do we, how could we know who's going to be a worthy vehicle? Only someone in their private life who when asked in a question, in a private way, thank you for saving me, will say, no, no, it's not me. It was Rebani Oh, Okay, get back to Egypt. You're the guy. You're the man. Let's bring you back. Now Moshe Rabbeinu is ready to be the Goyal Yisrael. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu, his name is not in the Haggadah. That's the ultimate Shvach of Moshe Rabbeinu. And even though he's there once, but as we explained, the one time he appears... It's by Uve Moshe Avdoi that Moshe has worked hard that everyone should recognize that he is on a level playing field with they, with them, and therefore they could all sing together. And we added the idea based on Rav Salvechik that in the context of the book of Geula, we cannot have attribution to Basar Vadam. So it's really like opposite angles. Ramazel Solomon is saying, that for the shvach of Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu's greatest accolade was that he took himself out of the picture and he, he was so self-effacing that all the attention is on Hashem. And another way to look at it is since the Haggadah is recognizing Hashem's geula in such a context, we cannot focus on anybody other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. Okay, again, thank you everybody for coming. You could join us an hour before Mincha in the holy moving vehicles on Peninsula and Oakland Avenue, the three trailers, the Hachud HaMeshulash, they're held together by three strings, the Hachud HaMeshulash, Loi B'Mehera Yinate, and Bezat Hashem, see you next Wednesday night, we have really good stuff on the Haggadah, wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos Haggadah Shalom. Chotzeh.